welcome to the Rugged Edge Survival Guide, a Rugged Edge computing podcast by Premio, where it's all about the hardware I.O. Join us on our constant search into how embedded computing solutions are transforming the enterprise business landscape. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rugged Edge Survival Guide, a premio podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another live episode of the show. We appreciate you listening along to some Rugged Edge thought leadership. As we explore today's topic, make sure that you're heading to our website, premioinc.com. Again, premioinc.com. For more information on the various topics and touch points that we're going to break down today, but also for more episodes of the show and also more premio content, including episodes of the podcast, of course, articles, videos, blogs, and more. So for today's episode of the Rugged Edge Survival Guide, we're going to be digging deep into a computational workflow that is proving necessary for the future of the Rugged Edge, as well as for managing the heavy intake of data, whether it's time to process on local systems, limited CPU capacity, or management of computer systems, single desktops and single servers are increasingly unable to meet the scale of rugged edge data that's needed to support enterprise deployments in real time. And that's where today's topic, HPC, or High Performance Computing, comes into play. So our conversation will stay focused on how high performance computing works at a high level, what it offers for today's rugged edge needs, how these needs are also evolving actively, and where Premio supports the industry's advancements and challenges. So here to break down all things high-performance computing is our guest for the day, Andy Lee. He's product manager for server and storage solutions at Premio. Andy, great to have you on. How are you doing today? Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Real pleasure getting to source your insights today, and I'm looking forward to a better understanding where HPC fits into, again, today's computing needs, how you see it uh, differing from some other computational models and the most important use cases that are taking advantage of HPC. So let's start with the basics. I want to lay the foundation for our audience. Uh, Again, high-performance computing at a surface level is really just the aggregation of computing power across multiple desktops or servers. Uh, How would you expand on that definition for today's context? Well, yeah, so HPC uh, stands for High Performance Computing. And basically what uh, we're doing here is uh, to combine all this uh, high performance single server and combine it into uh, one large gigantic server that has more people uh, serving it. So if you look at uh, basically one single computer, maybe you have... uh, uh, I would say one to five tera- um, teraflops, 14 points operation per unit. Um, in supercomputing, you know, HPC, you combine all those, uh, link them together with high speed network, and you got hundreds of teraflops, petaflops, even right now, uh, exaflops. Um, so in HPC, this is the goal that every uh, research lab wants to get. Exaflop. Um, so exaflop is a million of uh, petaflops. 
in my intro, I also laid out some high-level reasons why a single-server setup just isn't cutting it for today's computing deployments in the rugged edge or otherwise. I'm wondering if you could expand on those as well for us. Where are you seeing traditional computing setups fall short and why? Yeah, so there's more and more data coming in, um, you know, with the 5G and all the, the create, uh, content that we created. Um, it's just not enough a single computer to, to resolve this. So we need uh, multiple computers that uh, link this together and calculate it in the real time. So a single computer probably going to take, you know, days, months, even years where the, uh, the HPC can, can do it in probably in just a couple of days or, or even hours. Now to follow up on that, uh, I'm curious your thoughts on how HPC uh, compares, I guess for better or for worse, to some of those other models. Uh, obviously, you know, you just laid out for us where the other ones are falling short, but does HPC have to sacrifice anything, any of its uh, computational aspects to uh, support that high flow of data? Maybe that's um, you know re removing uh, some of the memory capacity to be more processing focused, or is that not really a concern? I mean, what what do you see as the dynamics there? So the HPC focus on more computational part, but. Um, it also requires a lot of um, high-speed network, uh, memory capacity, um, where the uh, traditional single computer cannot do. Um, so in terms of sacrifice, I, I don't think that's much sacrifice, but it's more focused on certain tasks instead of a general task that we have in our PC. So it's more on the computational research and uh, there's multiple different industry that that uh, using HPC for this. Well, I'm sure that more uh, focused development of HPC has also impacted its use cases. So I'm wondering if you could lay that out for us as well. In what context have we seen uh, high-powered computation become a, a favored computing method, right? So in which industries, in which types of use cases and why? Um, yeah, there's multiple different use cases I can think of. Um, like, for example, financial transaction. Uh, you know, there's more and more um, financial transaction that done by uh, what we call AI artificial intelligence, which basically you put all the data from from a financial transaction into uh, HPC, have the uh, the HPC calculate sort of on the AI on when to do a transaction, you know, buy or sell certain type of uh, uh, stocks or, you know, mutual funds, stuff like that. And this become more automation type of a transaction and it's gaining more traction um, in the financial industry to have AI uh, trade type. And you can see this, you know, more and more coming out. Um, <laughs> And there's also multiple different uh, industry in the medical um, or healthcare. Like for example, this uh, you now this COVID thing that, that we're dealing with right now. Um, last year, when um, the COVID starts back in March, everybody tried to figure out how to resolve or come up with a vaccine or, or medication for uh, SARS-CoV-2. 
and HPC is being used uh, for this. Um, so that's how we can come up with um, vaccines so fast because uh, mm -hmm. every country in the world, uh, including US here with uh, a national lab with their summit HPC, which is the biggest HPC we have to uh, have it available for researcher and uh, a microbiologist to figure out, you know, the protein spike and everything. So that's actually uh, HPC helping us, you know, try to resolve all these problems in the medical industry. I want to go ahead and break down, uh, just to get more granular, some of the most relevant use cases that are taking advantage of high-performance computing. I'll list a few here and some of the general motivators that I see pushing them towards HPC, and then I'll let you expand on how specifically you're seeing high-performance computing creating some positive domino effects for these industries and use cases. So let's start with financial transactions. Uh, you know, there is a lot of very important data feeding through our global economy, and especially for crucial real-time stock trading and asset trading, as well as for customer transactions as uh, the, I guess, advent of the digital wallet continues to uh, become more and more standardized for uh, casual and professional use cases. I'm curious how you see HPC, again, creating some positive domino effects for financial transactions. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, AI, um, which is run by HPC, basically will uh, give us uh, new capabilities on how we see uh, financial transaction. You mentioned a, a digital wallet. Um, so all this data, if everybody um, used their transaction on their phone with digital wallet, uh, there's a way for uh, financial institutions like banking try to figure out what's the best service they can do um, and use uh, AI and HPC to calculate, you know, and figure out what's the best service they can uh, provide to their customers. Um, also, as I mentioned on the real-time trading with uh, AI, you see more and more uh, transactions that being done by, by AI instead of human uh, interaction um, that will automate, uh, uh, I will say the better way to, to do transaction, not exactly better way, but a uh, convenient way to do that. So uh, this kind of uh, usage of HPC will become more and more uh, common among all of us. I want to intersect another use case now that would be just the broader cloud and how it is motivating the need for high performance computing. Uh, you know, the cloud has both public and private uh, has become way more standardized for uh, enterprise businesses and smaller businesses as well as the cost to transition and digitally transform becomes more accessible. Uh, and as businesses digitally transform their OT as well as their IT and begin to run tools, software, workflows over the cloud, uh, naturally, I'm sure that's putting a little more strain on their desktops and servers. So uh, go ahead and break that down for us. How are you seeing this adoption of the cloud at scale also motivating the need for HPC? Yeah, for the uh, even small business right now and to enterprise, a uh, lot more uh, data coming in that uh, they try to process and 
um, to process all the, the data requires a lot of computing power. That's where uh, cloud industry uh, provides their service um, so they can quote unquote rent out their computing power um, to all enterprise, uh, whether, you know, say a software company try to uh, test their beta uh, product, they can just uh, go to AWS or Azure or any cloud providers uh, and um, just try to rent for a specific uh, computing power instead of buying the actual hardware. So this is where cloud um, give us a, a tool to run um, this heavy load production, computing power, uh, while not spending the whole one-time usage. So uh, cloud actually utilize some HPC that uh, can, uh, as a consumer or user of the cloud, you can select how much computing power, how much memory that you can use and then run it for say a week and just pay for that portion kind of tangential to that digital transformation uh, is the use case of medical and healthcare settings, which are going through their own version of digital transformation as uh, their data load increases with the normalization of electronic health records uh, and also uh, telemedicine becoming more standardized and popularized uh, as well as uh, just in general, um, the digital transformation of their IT and OT networks as well. So go ahead and um, connect those dots for us as how you see uh, high-performance computing supporting medical and healthcare settings. Uh, and if you could also um, intersect some of the uh, potential security benefits uh, or just strategies around securing that data since it is so sensitive. Yeah, so on the medical and healthcare, there's a lot of um, development in the uh, new drugs, uh, new vaccine, um, that people require to sequence the DNA, uh, do some modeling uh, on the genomics. And so this is where HPC really shine for, for them. Um, so when, when uh, again, I mentioned about the COVID uh, last year, you know, a lot of people um, and um, from institution, um, national labs, uh, even academics, they open up their HPC uh, for medical researchers to do this. Um, so there is, before COVID, you know, there is a, a platform like the cloud actually that allow researchers to, to use their computing power as a you know, uh, infrastructure, as a service platform. And um, right now, you know, all Everybody tried to get the, the COVID uh, vaccine out, so these are available for free at that time uh, last year. Um, when kind of mentioned, kind of mentioned about the security uh, as well. So this is where we uh, see there is a need for a private cloud and a public cloud. So companies that um, need to secure more, they will. They will have their own private cloud to do their, their computing. So um, they will have their own HPC, although it's going to be a huge investment um, at the very beginning. But if this is where they're going to need uh, every time, then this is a good place to start uh, to have their own private cloud HPC. Um, 
and although public cloud right now is more and more secure, so that's a, a trade-off between privacy and cost. That, uh, the last main UK, uh, excuse me, use case that I want to intersect here is coming from render farms, or I guess more specifically, content rendering farms. Uh, the trend of uh, on-demand entertainment, I'm sure, has put a strain on some of the operational workflows for producing this content. There's higher content demand, short-form content ruling digital spaces, and really just this pressure for all companies and their marketing departments to also become entertainment companies and produce original content. Uh, so I'm curious how you see uh, high-performance computing assisting uh, these render farms, especially since the use cases are so varied. Yeah, so that's a lot of use cases we can um, figure out from this um, uh, entertainment industry. Uh, it's not just you know, um, you know, either commercial or movies or you know all the streaming media we consume right. Now. A lot more content needed, uh, especially right now um, with everybody stay at home. We watch more uh, entertainment, you know, from the streaming. Uh, companies so uh, the requirement to have um, animation to be rendering is getting more and more and the, uh, the quality of the animation itself is getting more and more realistic so uh, requirement to have the computing power to do those uh, rendering uh, becomes just exponential so it's basically HPC has been in rendering uh, industry for quite some times, and you know you see the uh, the whole Pixar uh, movies, Lucasfilm, uh, you know, uh, um, Disney, and everything. So this is uh, yeah, um, HPC really been embedded in the rendering from a lot longer than we thought. Just to get a little more specific on render farms, since they do have such a wide array of use cases, we also see uh, two key types of render farms today, both cloud render farms as well as physical render farms. Uh, can you break down some of the differentiators there, both strengths and weaknesses, and then how you see that also impacting the HPC that is set to support them? Yeah, so in the past, um, rendering farm basically is just Private rendering from HPC that you know, can can uh, use. So that's you know when cloud starting to get out, it give give us more uh, option to deal without a huge investment um, in the rendering farm. Um, in the past, you probably have need to have millions of dollars to build up your own rendering farm. Um, but now with cloud, um, at least you don't need to put that uh, huge initial investment. Um, mm -hmm. You can just spend up um, a rendering farm for specific tasks. So if you don't have uh, that many projects that need to be rendering or, or scenes or footage, then it's probably the best option to, to use clouds. But um, if you start to see um, more and more workflow that requires uh, HPC, then that's a, a good consideration to build your own memory. Say, I'll say, if you 
your <clears throat> rendering doesn't require more than 10 computers, then that should be something that you can uh, uh, rent out and uh, to the cloud provider. And if it's more than that, then and you will use it you know, daily basis, then that's something you, know, you need to consider doing. So let's go ahead and start to wrap up our conversation by bringing Premio more explicitly into the conversation here. How are your solutions and your services right now supporting the expansion of high-performance computing workflows? And uh, if you could get specific on some of those um, solutions and services and how they directly connect the dots, that'd be great as well. Sure. Um, so on the HPC and rendering form, um, a couple of days, a couple of years ago, we have uh, a specific server that um, support up to uh, six GPUs uh, in the server uh, in the TU uh, right now. Um, now we're coming out with the uh, TU with four nodes uh, that support you know four computers in the TU rack. So um, with our uh, grid stream platform, we basically support both GPU and CPU now. And uh, on the CPU platform, uh, especially with the current offering from uh, AMD Milan, which has 64 cores per CPU, um, each node we can support up to 128 cores times four. So that's uh, a lot of cores in the GPU format. And this actually cater for both uh, rendering uh, platform. You know, right now rendering engine has a CPU base and a GPU base, and we have both to support. Now, uh, on top of that, I'm curious what you see as some of the future motivators for defining HPC uh, workloads as well as some of the use cases where you see HPC being most active. So um, how is Premio, I guess, specifically working to stay ahead of what's next for the evolving pressures and strains on uh, high-performance computing, but also on rugged-edge computing and how you see those two intersecting? Yeah, so, um, so if we look at from the high-level you will see HPC as a back end of the, the whole uh, computing, edge uh, computing platform. So um, you will have a rugged computing at the front end that also um, able to calculate at the edge. But however, with the data that's so much coming out from, uh, from all of us as user, there is some some data that need to move to the uh, HPC um, as a whole to, to calculate this enormous data uh, that, that we have to. So we'll see there's a blur line between the edge and the, uh, the HPC, how people are gonna interact and how to make sure we um, move this, this data efficiently. So uh, from premium, perspective, um, you will see more and more hybrid type, you know, more rugged uh, computing at the edge, and also uh, more distributed uh, centralized um, platform as well at, at, uh, in, at the back end. So how we bridge this gap, uh, you will see more and more uh, to, to support all different states of uh, the data. 
All right, Andy, I think on that note, that does it for our conversation. Thank you so much for your insights today, breaking down high-performance computation, uh, how that ties into some of the most pressing use cases today for various industries, and how Premio specifically is supporting HPC uh, data loads, workflows, etc. So thanks again to our guest today. We've been speaking with Andy Lee. He's a product manager for the server and storage side of Premio. And Andy, if folks want to find out a little bit more more about how Premio is supporting the side of the industry, or they just want to get in touch, how can they do so? Sure, just uh, visit our website at www.premioinc.com, P-R-E-M-I-O-I-N-C.com. All right, easy enough. Thank you so much, Andy. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's nice talking to you. And thank you everyone for watching and listening to another episode of the Rugged Edge Survival Guide, a premio podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to or watch some previous episodes, make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as heading to our website, premioinc.com. Again, premioinc.com. And there you can also find some other premio thought leadership and content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Rugged Edge Survival Guide.